AM, 3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're back again for the final episode of VFL Rewind for the year. It's a wrap-up show where I can't wait to have your company tonight. Uh, Fantastic grand final yesterday at Icon Park, Princess Park in Carlton. The Casey curse is over. It's over, Laoshi. It's only taken, what, 23 years? 23 years. 23 years. You know how I know it's 23 years? 99. You know who told me? Who's that? Robbo. Robbo. There you go. Robbo does not miss a beat. The Casey curse is over, Laoshi. Congratulations to Casey Demons. They're not straight sets Casey anymore like we used to call them in the mid-2000s when they'd finish top of the ladder and go out in straight sets in week one and week two. They're 2022 premiers and congratulations to them. As per usual, I'm joined in the studio by Laoshi. Peter Laoshi, Laoshi, welcome. Great to be here. Last show of the year. It's gone really quickly this year, the season, but... Yeah, well done to the Casey Demons, even though we were backing the um, Southport Sharks, because obviously we've adopted the Sharks as our second team here at 3WBC, but um, they played um, some good football, um, the Sharks, yesterday, and unfortunately, um, just halfway through the third quarter, I think Casey put the foot down for a little while, got a nice three-goal lead at three-quarter time, and you know, in the weather that was here in Melbourne yesterday, that was always going to be hard to come back. But um, any Southport supporter listening, be proud of your club, be proud of your players. Um, they, they're definitely VFL quality players, and they're going to probably have a fair few of their players get drafted as well. So there'll be a new look Southport side, I reckon, next year. I can think of probably three or four players that deserve to be drafted out of that side. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a a few. um, We hope hope for their sake anyway. Well, Jacob Dawson, Boyd Woodcock and Brayden Crosley all deserve second chances at AFL. They do. Um, You know, you've got a... Got a few others there that um, are probably on the radar of AFL clubs where they're on for senior lists or rookie lists as well. So I'm expecting um, a different looking Southport side next year, but a very competitive side. And hopefully one that may go one step further than the 2022 Southport side. Um, Yeah, no, it's... um, 4,212 people, Robbo told me, were... Is that what Robbo said, did he? Yeah, the crowd figures, so... We'll have to get that checked with Sam Zito a little bit later on. We're special guests tonight. We've got two special guests, potentially three. Wait, Sashi, we've got three special guests. There we go. Nigel Carmody is joining us. The great Nigel Carmody. Nudge. Nudge. He is a former Casey man, too. So so looking forward to having a chat to Nudge about... Uh, his side, I, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a Casey man at heart. I'm yep. pretty sure he still holds Casey pretty close. So he's having, looking forward to having chats and nudge at 7.30 about uh, the, the grand final and yeah, about his yep. his old boys, the uh, the Casey Scorpions or Casey Demons, yeah, or, or the as they're Spring called. Scorpions. Spring Vale Scorpions. Yep. Spring Vale. So looking forward to having chat to him a little bit later on. Yeah, the crowd, actually, let's talk about that. Uh, it wasn't, I'll, I'll give two things a benefit of the doubt. Number one. It was a bloody poor day. Yep. It was yep. wet, windy, gusty. Worst, I reckon the worst grand final we've had weather-wise since, I reckon, almost 93 last year. What do you reckon? 93, um, maybe, was it 96 when Springvale beat Frankston? That was a pretty windy, blowy day as well. Yeah, well, it could yeah, be that, yeah. yeah. So 93 and 96, so definitely probably the worst weather we've had in nearly three decades for a VFA-VFL grand final. An interstate side being involved as well. Um, obviously, back in those days, we didn't have AFLW games either On that sort of clashed with uh, the VFL grand final. Correct, that's another point. Uh, South Australian grand final was on. That used to be a week later. Correct. Interstate so, team. Yeah. The first time I've had an inter- interstate Inter- team interstate, in a VFL yeah. grand final. Well, Robbo told me that. Yeah. Um, I was surprised when I heard that. Yeah, Robbo knows <laughs> everything. He's, he's a man, yeah. man of the people, Robbo. He's a stat- walking statistician. He sent me a message today. He goes, he's going to his um, 
26th AFL Grand Final. Robbo is? Yeah, but he wasn't at the VFL. When's the last VFL Grand Final Robbo went to? Well, that, he'll have to let us know throughout yeah. the show. It'll be yeah. very interesting to know the yeah. last time Robbo missed the Grand Final. Finals, he, was, he wasn't there yesterday. He was at, um, I think he was at Frankston YCW versus Bomb Beach. Jeez. Jeez, he's a uh, different, different uh, game yesterday for yeah. Robbo. Uh, yeah. Let's go through the scores. May as well. We took one game, obviously, yeah. to go through today. Casey, 10-10-70, defeated Southport Sharks, 5-8-38. Southport Sharks got off to a pretty good start, to be honest. They were leading early. Uh, they kicked three goals in the first quarter, and they only kicked two more for the last three quarters. Yeah. Uh, player, players who really, I thought, was um, absolutely super, Mitch White, G. What a game he played. Um, absolute warrior he is. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic. He had 13 tackles, 29 disposals. Uh, what else can you say that we can't, hasn't been said about Mitch White? Absolute loyal man of the uh, Casey, Casey Demons and Casey Scorpions back in the day as well. Yeah, no, he's, uh, I'm happy for players like Mitch to get rewarded with a premiership medallion because I dare say out of that um, premiership side, there'll be a fair few... Players that will now move on back to local footy or retire from AFL list. I'm guessing Mitch Brown will be one that probably will retire. Jake Melsham, is he actually contracted with Melbourne next year? Or is That's a he, very good question last you know, year. So there's all those those factors. Um, Jimmy Munro, um, he's now um, got a premiership medallion. Will he sort of look at going back to local level or playing interstate and all that sort of stuff? So... The next couple of weeks will be interesting, but um, I'll tell you what, how packed was that Casey room after the game? It was uh, like a, it was like a sweatshop in well, there. It was, geez, it was humid. It was, yeah. it was very humid in there, wasn't it? Yeah, even in the Southport rooms, it was humid. So, you know, uh, somebody had somebody obviously turned the heating on, not realizing when you ex- exercise, the body actually warms up as well. So there's no need for the heating, but um. Yeah, it, it, it was very, it was very humid, and there was a lot of people, and you couldn't even, couldn't even swing a cat, Lashy. It was that tight in there, there, and and good on him, good on the Casey, yeah. Casey uh, Scorpions. One thing I will note, and the I old wanna, couple, the old, the old couple. I'm not sure their name, but yeah. anyone who's followed the VFL in the last twenty years would know these two people. That they're, they're the most loyal supporters at Casey, without, without a shadow of a doubt. They, they'll, they'll travel anywhere to watch their team. They'll go, I've seen them everywhere, and they're. I was so. The, the last quarter yesterday, I went and stood behind him and, and I had a big grin on my face to see their their passion because we talk about Casey and a lot of people go about some of these AFL clubs and say, oh, they don't give us stuff about the VFL and whatever. And, and that that's fine. That, that That's probably partly correct. A lot of yeah. lot of AFL supporters don't give us stuff about the AFL until they yeah. get to a grand final. And I agree with that. Yeah. But for them two supporters and every anyone who knows the VFL would know these two people if they've seen them. Yeah. Um, to see the joy in their face, 20... Twenty three yeah. years since um the last cup the yep. last cup I'm so happy for for them and yeah. they celebrated really hard so um congratulations you know it's it's an interesting one because some some supporters invest so much time mm. into their club and and win a premiership and then some some come and yeah they're they're there just for the glory so <laughs> when when the, when the flags are they might only go to two games of the year so it is an interesting one um everyone shares that passion together though. like we got to remember Springvale only entered the old VFA. In 1983, 80, yeah. 83, 82, 82. 82, I reckon, yeah. 82. Won okay, the flag so, in 82. Won yeah. the division two in 84, yeah. three yeah. or four. Exactly. So only, the club itself's only been around for 40, 40, level, yeah. 40 years. They were a powerhouse in the federal league, though. Yeah, exactly. And um, they were also a powerhouse in the 90s, Springwell. I think four were, flags? Yeah, three or four flags. Yeah. Maybe, was there three in a row there? Or I think it, there was. Was that Sandringham? No, nah, Sandy won, Sandy won three, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but they've but, won a lot of flags, yeah. and and that's the thing, I guess. You know, and I'm guessing that couple may be from the Loyal. federal federal days, or at the very least, the early days of the VFA days. Oh, I agree. They're, they're definitely yeah. loyal supporters. Uh, yeah. well, let's talk about that, Lausch. Uh, so 2006, Casey Scorpions, or Ka- oh, no, sorry, I'll, I'll go back a track. Yeah. Springvale Scorpions, as they'll known in 2006, yeah. made the decision to to leave Springvale, yeah. which. For me, is probably in the top ten grounds in Melbourne. I love Springvale's yep, ground, absolute roast, yeah. ripper. They decided to move. Would it be thirty k's down the road? About, about that. Like you remember that they spent a year also playing at Shepley, didn't That's they? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. So they moved. They moved all the way down to to Casey. Yep. I was too young to remember back then, but yep. I'm guessing they lost a lot of supporters because of it. Um, and hopefully for for 
the the sake of the Casey community, this premiership sparks something within them to, to support their club long term. Um, because as we know, unfortunately, Casey, um, they haven't got a huge supporter base without Melbourne. Um, yep. So hopefully this does trigger something within the community down there to, to get behind that team and um, I guess build something. It comes down to staffing levels, and this is not just Casey, and um, this is the traditional clubs are, that are in the inner suburbs. You're only going to get the supporters if you actually invest time in going out to the schools. Robbo so said that. Going, going out to the schools, going out to the shopping centres, promoting your brand. And how often do you see a VFL club out of the local shopping centre or a school these days? Not very often. School like, clinics, yeah, yeah. you got you got to do that. Um, um, you know, like... Casey needs to look after that southeast area, their backyard, and make sure that they make it make it their own or make it the if the destination VFL club because they do have competition. Like we're seeing Box Hill now going into that Gippsland area. Frankston's not too far away from Casey as well, so they'll they'll try to get into that southeast area as well. You know, it's who promotes themselves as the club of the southeast that will get the biggest reward down there. And right now, you know, I think Casey needs to work harder in them um, and, you know, sort of get to the schools, the primary schools, the high schools. It's got to happen now. It's got to happen yep. now. Get, get, get that Casey community invested in that club. Yep. It'd be fantastic um, for them because... I think that this premiership is pretty special in yeah. terms of um, it's one that they're probably like, – let's be honest, if they weren't cursed and, and they didn't go out in straight sets, they could have won probably two or three premierships in the mid-2000s. But they just um, – yeah. for Melbourne pool players, had a bit of bad luck. Um, so this premiership is probably a bit overdue for them um, in terms of their, their – I guess their form, the amount of times they finished top of the ladder. Yeah, well – I was talking to their former president, Gary Broughton. Now, Gary was involved with Springvale many, many years ago in prison. And I actually said to him, you know, do you think had you stayed at Newcombe Road, you would still be around? Yeah. And he reckons no, because the demographics of that area have changed. Obviously, the backgrounds of, of the people that live in that Springvale area or that greater Dandenong area have changed and their sporting interests are different. So yep. but then again, it's... If you go out and advertise the product in the schools and wherever, in the shopping centres and all that, if you can invest that time, you can get anyone from any culture playing Australian exactly. football. Exactly. Box Hill's a prime example. Look yeah. what Box Hill's done with the Chinese community yeah. in the past two years. Yeah. They've really embraced it. And, and you go to a Box Hill game, there's a lot of Chinese community people coming now. So and, and also, you look at the western suburbs, the Sudanese kids in exactly. the west. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to engage with the community. Yeah. And I think... You go back in time, you go back to the 50s and the 60s, a lot of these clubs were engaged with their community. Yep. You know, you go look at Port, you look at Willie, you look at yep. Sandy. Yep. They were all, it was all like, a, um, you know, they were all invested in yep. it, where now it's a little bit different. So yep. I think you're right. It's just got to be engagement with the community. Go to yep. get, you know, some of the young younger boys maybe on a Thursday arbor, go and do a footy clinic before they come to train or something like that. Just mm. get them all involved. What they need to do is get involved in programs like I've, I got involved with the Nations Footy Cup or the Unity Cup, which the AFL Victoria runs, get, get involved like that and then sort of use that as a springboard. And um, you'll be amazed how many kids of different cultures you get coming down, like the Auburn Vale Football Club, where I'm an assistant coach in the under-12s this year. I think I counted at least 10 different backgrounds there. So that's that, that's, that's true. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, just just quickly off the, uh, off the app, yeah, just talking about the game, uh, Mitch White, unanimous. Was awarded the uh, Norm Goss Medal. Yep. Um, a few people threw up a few names. I know uh, Jimmy Munro was probably one that um, yeah. could have could have potentially won it. Boyd Woodcock, if Southport would have won, probably would have won it. Even Big Uber, mm. uh, Jacob, uh, not Jacob Dawson, um, Braden Crosley. Uh, he had a pretty good game as well. So I mean, there's a lot of boys that um, if the result was the other way, Braden Crosley, Ruckman yeah. had 15 tackles, 45 hit out, 16 disposals. He's one that needs to go on on the um, AFL position he needs to be picked up by someone utility sort of player yeah no. um and and that's the thing i guess um hopefully hopefully some of these boys we don't see again to be brutally honest we want to see him play in afl because we know they've got the talent too yeah. boy woodcock should be late national draft selection some club essendon or somebody mm. should take a punt i know essendon took a punt on garrett mcdonough last year and that didn't work out he's been delisted i think yeah. boy woodcock you cannot lose with this guy yeah he 
He's inside, outside. He knows how to kick a goal. He's very damaging. Port Adelaide shouldn't have delisted him. So the kid, the kid actually played in a premiership at North Adelaide when he was eighteen, and everything came on pretty when he was young. So it might have been with Boyd that his expectations were that he's done the hard yeah. work, and that's why Port Adelaide's delisted him. Or Port Adelaide just um, picked the wrong guy to delist. <laughs> I think so, they, I think they picked the wrong guy to be brutally honest. I've seen this year. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. I'm going to be back with our first special guest of the evening, Sammy Zito from the AFL. Looking forward to having a chat from the um, the media front. Um, how, how yesterday's game transpired. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. This game's had it all today, folks at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half forward flank, punt road end. He chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season! Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest for the evening and really looking forward to chatting this man. Um, all things media and how everything went transpired yesterday from the VFL we had a um, fantastic game. It was live on Channel 7. It was also streamed on the, on the app. Uh, and um, there was a lot of coverage, a lot of talk about the game. I, I actually got home and I seen on, on Channel 9 News that had a story on um, the VFL Grand Final. So looking forward to chatting this. And he's joined us on the line now in charge of the media, the media manager of the VFL, Samuel Zito. Sam, Samuel, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. G'day, Sam. Laoshi speaking. Congratulations on a great season and... Well run by AFL Victoria and yourself. Um, uh, sorry, sorry, mate. No, I was going to say thank you very much. Appreciate that. That's all right. That's all right. Um, it was a, it was a great year. So happy we actually got through a whole year. Um, I've got a few questions from the the public. They've sent me a few questions regarding the VFL. What is the vision for the VFL in twenty twenty three on and off the field? I guess um, well. First off, I guess, yeah, fantastic to, to get the 2022 season uh, away after, obviously, the past two years, which have been so challenging for everyone and, I guess, the community and particularly, in, in obviously, footy as well, which is, I guess, the cape we, we deal in. So, uh, in terms of looking to next year, it's great to have, um, you know, all teams on board again and ready to, I guess, uh, to go again and, and back up uh, after this year, you know, getting a full season away, which is fantastic. Um, and obviously, in terms of I guess our off-field vision is obviously to keep building building the brand, and from a media perspective, to keep uh, you know you know doing things as best we possibly can. So um, obviously, this year there was you know in terms of how we um, you know, marketed the competition, or were able to, to broadcast the competition, have every game live streamed and available for everyone to watch if they couldn't actually get to a match. So obviously, we'll look for new ways to continue to innovate and, and to bring uh, the best possible coverage of the competition to, to all the spectators. One thing um, which was really good for the competition is we had a standalone club in the grand final. I know it wasn't a Victorian standalone club, and the Victorian standalone clubs obviously um, need to improve over the next year or two. But how good are the standalone clubs for the VFL, and what can we make? What can we do to make them better? Yeah, obviously they're they're a vital part of the competition. There, the, a lot of them are the oldest, uh, obviously standing clubs. Uh, in our comp, but obviously you, know, you go around the whole country and we've got some of the, the oldest and most famous uh, clubs in, in the competition uh, playing in, in the VFL. So obviously from, from a competition standpoint, it was disappointing to have them, uh, to, many of them towards the bottom end of the table. But as you said, Southport uh, playing off in a grand final showed that uh, it's absolutely possible when, when things go right that they can more than just compete, but can obviously uh, be you know, successful sides in the competition as well. And 
obviously the, throughout the history of the, the competition, we know that the standalone sides in there have been um, the more successful sides in there. So obviously this year wasn't um, you know it wasn't a great year for, for them collectively, but I certainly think that um, you know the improvement shown. I mean, you look at a Port Melbourne in the back half of this year and their, their final probably two months of the season showed that they're well and truly on the right track to have success in 2023. So I think obviously this year, while the win-loss records for, for many of them wasn't great, um, there are some, some encouraging signs towards the back half of the year. Uh, Sam, yesterday, as we know, um, we are just talking about at the start of the show, uh, the weather wasn't great. Um, how much of an impact do you reckon that had on the crowd? Because I know, um, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely torrential for the majority of the, the day. And mainly, actually, we were just talking. It's probably been the wettest grand final in probably 25 years. We worked out roughly off the top of our heads. Um, what type of crowd was the VFL, I guess, anticipating? And I guess was it um, did it did it meet sort of what you're expecting? I guess um, with the weather um, contributing to everything as well. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing you can't control, but uh, obviously it has a, a huge impact uh, on, on any any given match day. The attendance is is how the the, the weather is uh, comes out on the, on the day. Obviously, yesterday, as you said, it was um, you know torrential at times and. Clearly, it's uh, people. If you wake up in the morning, it's uh, and you look outside. Unless you're absolutely committed, uh, you can watch it on Channel Seven for free as well. So yeah, <laughs> exactly right. But having said that, I think it was still yeah you know, a pretty healthy crowd. I think um, you know looking around about uh, tick over five thousand. Oh, that's good. You know, obviously, obviously, those who were there, obviously, you know, we treated to a great game of footy. Uh, fortunately, most of Icon Park is, is undercover, so um, you know those who were there were able to, to stay out of the wet, um, but uh, obviously it's, uh, it's always challenging in, in those conditions and, um, you know, I mean, the, the players uh, to put on a great spectacle was a credit to, to both sides as well, yeah, given well, the fact that, uh, you know, at times it was, uh, yeah, it was ex- extremely uh, uh, heavy showers that, that were coming down, so uh, to put on a, a game like that was, was a credit to both sides. It was, and I also almost seen uh, the back of the 4-20 and 20, um was I reckon it might have been uh, could have been a swimming pool in that second half? They <laughs> they moved the four and twenty unit onto the wing and uh, yeah, it could have been a uh, portable swimming pool in the second half. I reckon um I reckon the the ground would have got ten to fifteen mils the game while the while the game was going on. I reckon it would have been pretty close to it. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, the rain that, that was obviously in the lead up to to the weekend as well through through Friday and and also on Saturday as well. So um, obviously, the, it was pretty heavy underfoot, and obviously the, the rain that came down during didn't uh, didn't help. But it was a it was you know, obviously yeah, it's heavy. We've probably seen all year. Maybe it was one match day where we saw potentially similar conditions. Um, but but all things considered, I think it was a you know a great grand final, and obviously Casey a, a very worthy winner of the premiership this year. Now, I've got two more questions for you, Sam. I'll give you the first question. With the media rights deal the AFL has just done recently, what's that mean for us, the VFL? Well, obviously, um, you know, with the, the rights staying with the, the holders in, in the Seven Network and Fox Footy as well, we'll obviously, um, you know, hopefully all things going well, we'll continue that, that relationship on with Seven and, and continue to build what's been yeah, you know, a great relationship for us as well. Obviously, their their coverage this year was was outstanding. In addition to obviously the live streaming of all games, and for them to broadcast you know, all all of the finals uh, from week two onwards, um, you know, through through the Seven Network was outstanding for us to be able to take the game to a national level as well. And given obviously this year is a, a different setup where we had games played outside of Victoria during the final series. And Seven showed their commitment to to the competition by. Having callers live at each game, whether it was at, at uh, you know, in New South Wales or, or up in Queensland as well. Obviously, um, through in Casey Fields, we had the, the preliminary final too. So I think um, Seven did an outstanding, outstanding job, and we saw that yesterday in the grand final. And to have you know, the likes of you know, Jason Bennett, Campbell Brown, Nigel Carmody calling the grand final is a huge asset for, for the VFL competition. Now, our competition, the VFL, um, every year we all, always look to improve. What can we learn from other second-tier competitions like, say, the NBL1 to take our competition to the next level? Oh, we're always open to, to ideas and, and for, for ways to improve. Obviously, we've said it a couple of times in the chat throughout our talks throughout this year that obviously it's a, it's a different different competition where you've got different sides competing in terms of obviously having a standalone side versus a, an AFL line side, and then you've also got sides that uh, uh, you know have their... There, well, obviously, alignment say Sandringham in their in their regard, but obviously they're lining up with the Kilda, but then also the the sides like a Collingwood or Richmond that have, I guess, their their reserves team in, in the competition as well. So it's, there's so many, um, I guess, competing factors in terms of the competition. But I think we can make that actually one of the the assets of the competition, given the fact that there's so, so many different avenues for, for for clubs to compete in, 
the different players to, to obviously uh, have the opportunity to you know, put their name up in lights. Look at yesterday, you look at Southport, obviously so many players who were former AFL-listed players, the opportunity to, on the big stage, I guess, uh, be able to put their, their names under the nose of you know, potential recruiters who are there as well. Um, but then also there's, there's players who uh, maybe in the twilight of their career and have the opportunity to, to win premierships. You look at players like, you know, a, or even a Jimmy Munro and a Mitch White to, to win a premiership at a at a club where they've been you know long long standing members of that team. I think if you looked at the, the different stories that the, the competition tells, I think that's a, a huge asset for us. You're spot on, Sammy. Jimmy Munro and Mitch White. I was wrapped for them yesterday. Are two loyal uh, men of the the Casey uh, Scorpions slash Demons. Uh, Sam, I want to ask you a personal question about I guess your journey. And as we know, um, we had you on the show a few times, and you've come from the Northern Football League um to the the AFL, the big time, and you're doing a fantastic job. Um, at the moment, um, I just want to ask you about your first grand final. How'd you, how'd you, uh, how was the experience? And um, I guess what were some of the highlights for you personally that um, you really enjoyed? Oh, it's fantastic! I've uh, loved the, the, my first season in the uh, in the VFL. It's obviously, like I said, for for the whole footy community in Victoria, it's just about being back again this year, isn't it? And um, you know, obviously, for for the last uh, two years to you know be in September and and not being able to, to be at the footy and obviously watching AFL from, from our homes and not being able to attend games. It's fantastic to be able to, to get out each week and uh, and get back to, to community footy and, and also to, to higher levels of footy as well. So, um, yeah, loved it. Obviously, yesterday was, um, you know, obviously a great story in terms of having the Casey Demons win a premiership, the club's first for, for 23 years, but, but to also have, you know, Southport coming in. I know that, um, you know, there was murmurings, you know, years ago when when the northern sides came in that the, those that came from Queensland might not be able to be competitive. Well, hasn't Southport proven that to, to be the exact opposite to to have the impact they've had sure in their have. first two seasons in the competition? Uh, outstanding. And and yesterday, obviously, the final results didn't go their way, but I don't think there's any uh, any question that they were the the second best side in the competition. Hundred percent. Very very much deserved their grand final spot. So I think it's uh, you know. While it's obviously a different look for the competition to have a, you know, aside from outside Victoria, competing in the grand final, I think it's a fantastic story and it's great to see that so much support at the ground as well. Very, obviously, very successful club. Uh, there's no doubt in that. Everyone knows the Southport story and how successful they've been uh, during their journey over the best part of, of 50 years. But to, to have them compete and to see what playing in the VFL competition means to that club. Um, I guess was was pretty special as well, and and while they didn't get the uh, the cup uh, yesterday, you, you feel that uh, going forward they they're going to have a very successful time in in the VFL. Now, Sam, great great first year by yourself. Have you put the application in for Gill's job yet? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll leave uh, I'll leave that to. to uh, Others much better suited. <laughs> uh, Sam, just one final one. We'll finish up with a bit of fun. Uh, uh, you've probably seen it, the listener. Uh, we presented the uh, VFL Canteen of the Year trophy. Uh, it's gone from, I guess, uh, the, it's gone across Balstrade. It's gone from Preston to uh, Coburg. Uh, what have you made? I know I know you've been in the Northern Footy League and um, the beast, few, there are probably a few clubs up in the Northern Footy League got kebabs last year, I reckon. I'm saying we'll be able to answer that. But I reckon... Mom, Mom, Mom <laughs> um, What did you make of uh, our decision? You reckon we're on the money with it with Coburg? Um, I know you've probably been around to a few of the clubs now. Yeah, well, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I think uh, Coburg has done a, a, a roaring job in their, their cantina. Certainly have always got a soft spot for the... Uh, the crew at the uh, the Blends obviously spent many a final series at, at Preston City Oval and uh, and uh, have indulged in the, uh, the treats at the, at the club as well. So yeah, I won't uh, I won't dispute with uh, dispute your decision. I think uh, you two obviously have been around the traps a long time and know what uh, what yeah. the what the punters like when they go to the footy. So happy to uh, respect your call. Now Sam, I've I've made a pledge on my bucket list to get to know the Northern Footy League a little bit better next year. What canteen can you recommend there, mate? <laughs> I'd recommend all of them, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> a, a pretty good job. It's uh, plenty of, uh, I guess, no difference to the VFL. There's uh, plenty of variety around, so it depends what day you're out there and <laughs> what you might feel like. So, but uh, plenty of, I'm sure there's plenty of clubs that would uh, welcome me. Uh, seeing you down there on a Saturday or a Sunday. Well, Sam, we really appreciate um, being on the show tonight. We, we appreciate all the support you've given us throughout the year. We can't thank you enough. Um, you've given us a great insight from the AFL. Let us know what's going on with media release and things like that. Um, thank you so much for the support in 2022. We look forward to uh, 
uh, yeah, um, working with each other yeah. in 2023 once again. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for our support. And well done on a great first year at the VFL. Um, I think you've done a fantastic job. And yeah. thanks for joining us tonight on VFL Rewind. I'll second that, no. Sam. Thank you. Thank you for your assistance throughout the year, mate. No, my pleasure. And uh, again, uh, to, to you guys, obviously, fantastic work you do in, in promoting our competition. So it's greatly appreciated to to, to your show and, and the station as well. So I really appreciate the support. Thank you. We're looking forward to having you back on board in, in 2023. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for the support. And, um, yeah, enjoy the off-season. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, guys. No, Sam Zito there from the AFL, AFL Media Manager. Done a, done a fantastic job. He's only been in the role for probably six months or so, and I reckon he, um, he's found his feet now, and I reckon he's doing a, a great job, and um, he's only going to get better. So um, well done to Sam, and we can't thank him enough for joining us. Yeah, no, he's a great, great fellow, Sam, and look forward to the next guest. Yeah, looking forward. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break. Got Nigel Carmody on, Casey man. So looking forward to having a chat to Nigel. Hopefully he can put his Casey hat on for five minutes and chat to us about how much his premiership means to the club. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're at the point of our second special guest. This is a bit of a surprise one. Actually, um, so happy he's agreed to come on, though. Um, if I think of Casey and I think of a person who, um, I guess, personifies Casey, who's in, still involved in the competition, I think of Nigel. And uh, he was a loyal man at Casey Scorpions slash Demons now. Um, and now he's doing a fantastic job with the media and with Channel 7. And um, he's given up a bit of his time to have a bit of a chat with us tonight about the premiership yesterday. Uh, Nigel Carmody. Nigel, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. Hey, Brad. Peter, really good to be with you. G'day, Nigel. How's you speaking? Um, how how um, have you seen the 2022 VFL season? It's great to have it back. Simply, <laughs> I think uh, one of the magnificent rhythms of our life living in Melbourne is, is footy and not having it on a consistent basis for the past couple of years and things have felt very hollow and not just VFL but I think local and country football and it's such a wonderful time of year yeah the weather hasn't really aligned for it the last few weeks but I think that in itself is special when across the weekend we were seeing grand finals across the state being played in pretty extraordinary conditions that you're seeing people turn up on mass and support their clubs and their leagues and and seeing players get an opportunity to to realise a dream and play in a premiership for their various clubs. And that was no different, I thought, yesterday in the VFL Grand Final. And the fact that we got to a completed season uh, had a great spectacle. And I think in the circumstances to get the crowd that we did yesterday was uh, was, a, was a, a great pointer, I think, to the support the league's got and the regard it's held in. Obviously, your involvement with the VFL these days is across all clubs and the media and um, TLA. Um, did you get a chance to get to the Great Northern Hotel last night and celebrate for an hour or so with the Casey Demons? Yeah, I did. So I'll just correct you. My TLA days ended as of last year's AFL Grand Final. So I'm, uh, oh. I'm one year removed from the world of player agency now, but it was good. I did get a chance to catch up with a couple of former clients in Yep. Bailey Fritch and Jaden Hunt, who were part of the celebrations last night. So the Great Northern was heaving. It was uh, <laughs> it become sort of Casey's Northern Outpost last night. But there was also people from the AFL. Sam Zito, who you just spoke to, was there. They were you know having a, a beer after a, a job well done across the year, and also few of the Jam TV and Channel Seven crew I've worked with throughout the year were also um, again rightly so having a bit of a celebration. But it was it was very much Club Casey and the. Uh, Melbourne senior listed players were all there en masse with their family and friends and then yeah a lot of um, older and new faces from the, the Springvale and Casey Football Club celebrating what had been an, an amazing achievement but a, quite the journey as well. Uh, Nigel yeah we um, we uh, went and seen uh, Southport it was a bit of a sombre mood there but uh, it was good to yeah it was good to see that uh, they all fronted up um, the Southport boys and um, yeah credit to Casey on the win uh, 
One question um, I did want to ask you a little bit about was um, the game yesterday. Um, how'd you go calling it? It was uh, probably, me and Lashley were talking, it was probably one of the most torrential VFL games in 25-odd years in the VFL. So how'd you go calling that one yesterday? Yeah, it wasn't the cleanest spectacle at times. So I, I think as a caller, particularly on television, you, you've got to let the game breathe a little bit, if that makes sense. And I, uh, The analysis of particularly Campbell Brown and Michael Barlow on our coverage was, was pivotal to breaking it down and yeah, it was a, just a, a wonderful contest to be involved in. It had had more than its fair share of highlights. I think, again, given the conditions, there was some pretty spectacular goals kicked and and it was a game that was littered with moments. And then, yeah, once it had become apparent that Casey were going to win the game, then I think telling the story of uh, how the clubs got to that point of winning the premiership, the move from Springvale to Casey, the people would have been involved in it. Yeah, there was, there was enough time for that as well. And... Uh, I was pretty happy, I have to admit, that I wasn't uh, announcing players' names in the torrential downpour <laughs> as they were coming up to get medals. Sun coming There's out. There's been some discussions about um, umbrellas and various other things, and thankfully all that got avoided. Uh, yeah, just as the game finished, the sun actually magically could come out, which is quite quite um, ironic, actually. Uh, one person who me and Lashley spent a bit of time with yesterday um, was a loyal Casey Manny. Uh, you actually interviewed him, what was it, this time last week, uh, Greg Pendlebury. Uh How's it for, I guess, you being a past Casey player, to see guys like Greg, who you know who's been around for a very long time at that club, um, you must have brought some joy, I guess, to you yesterday to yeah see. I know a lot of people think Casey's Melbourne, but when you see people like Greg, who you know has been around a long time, it must be uh, pretty joy, joyous to see them the joy on their their faces. Yeah, I had a, had a beer with Keg last night <laughs> with Great Northern, and we had a, had a quick chat. And yeah, his recognition as a Lafayette Life member last Monday night, when you consider he's... 40 years in the competition that started in the cheer squad at Oakley back in 1983. Like that's a that's an incredible tenure and journey in the game. So it's it's duly recognised. But football clubs are built on people like that, and it doesn't matter what level AFL, VFL, community football. Every club's got multiple Greg Pendlebury's. Casey does as well. And yeah, I think to to your point around you know, people look at Casey as Melbourne. That's a falsehood. Like, I think where the alignment works is Melbourne have done their level best to support the Casey program and, and let it, I think, in some respects, stand on its own two feet or, or be in a, a related entity, but certainly not something that's just seen as uh, our, a Melbourne thing that they're just keeping in their back pocket. So even the recognition of history and I think the thought that went into... Kane Taylor and Steve Harrison presenting the Norm Goss and the Cup and, and things like that. And I, I think I was thinking about this last night. Like, it, if you're a North Ballarat player, and yes, they've still got a presence in the Ballarat Football League, but they're not in the VFL. Mm. I think if in another parallel, if the Springvale Football Club hadn't have moved to Casey, hadn't have aligned with Melbourne, and perhaps either ceased to exist or just you know, slip back into playing in a in a community league, it would have a very different... I'd have a very different relationship to the one I do now, and I think a lot of other people would as well. And the fact that the club's, one, in existence, two, continuing to be quite the pioneer, and three, successful, are things that I'm pretty happy about, and a lot of other people are as well, that they've still got something to be connected to. I occasionally have a chat with former... Springvale President Gary Broughton, and he said, you know, if they'd stayed at Newcombe Road, they probably would have folded a fair few years ago, maybe not even existed as a community club. So you're probably right there, Nigel. The move out to Casey was needed, and hopefully now this premiership will get, you know, those Cranbourne East, the residents, the ones that live right near the ground, to buy a membership and really get behind that club because um, it is a really big growth area. I think it's the second big biggest growth area in Victoria. Um, and now Premiership always brings out, brings new supporters, so hopefully that happens. Um, the second thing um, is the, there's an old couple that um, support, we see them at every Casey game. They would be absolutely wrapped with that win yesterday. I think you may know the old couple that are always on the near the interchange bench, and they've got the scorp- the old Scorpion flag going. They yell, "Can Casey?" You can't every game. Every, uh, Channel <laughs> yeah. Channel Seven broadcast. You, you, when the chat when Casey playing, you see "Can Casey?" <laughs> like every five minutes. <laughs> Very distinctive catch cry, isn't it? No, yeah. I think again the the support that was there yesterday, whether they were 
um, Melbourne supporters merely supporting their VFL club or people that have been along the journey with Springvale, Casey or, or both is really strong. And yes, there is absolutely scope for that to continue to grow because I think you don't just limit it to the people within you know the immediate vicinity of Casey Fields. There's a, a, a great opportunity now for families and young kids growing up in the, the broader region, whether it's sort of through Derek Beaconsfield, Pakenham and that, yep. that direction or further down along Western Port Bay there, all the way to virtually Phillip Island. Like, all of a sudden now, there's a facility in existence that gives um, kids, their parents, and, and um, the community at large a chance to go and watch elite-level footy mm. on a regular basis. You think about the number of, not just VFL games that are hosted there, it's obviously the, the AFLW base for Melbourne, and, and it's, I think, the venue of choice for, for most of the the, the football competitions in the area now, it's, it's had a really significant community impact and it's playing a really significant role for the game at the moment as well. And the fact that, you know, Casey, the VFL side of the anchor tenant there, uh, it's something they, they certainly will benefit from and success is only going to attract more people to it as well. A final question from me, Nigel. Um, I'll, just, I'll just ask a, a favour. If you could take your media hat off and put your Casey hat on, what did that grand final mean to you? I know you're a very loyal player of that club for for a very long time. What did that premiership mean to you personally? Yeah, well, to your point about taking the hat off, um, as commentators, we're there to be impartial and <laughs> had this exact conversation on the ground pre-game with two guys that I had the pleasure of, of managing during their AFL careers in Ryan Davis and Michael Manteet who are in the Southport lineup. So, yeah, uh, our job's there to deliver that and, um, I don't think anyone's ever enjoyed hearing a commentator barrack, and I'm certainly not not that way inclined either. But what did it mean to me? Well, it was just the realisation of of the move in 2006 to go to Casey Fields to give the club an opportunity to be prosperous and launch into another era of success, and it's and it's done that both on and off the field. And I think the only thing missing was more silverware. So that's 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 important because footy clubs history is fantastic, but what happens next is what matters and that the club hadn't realised a, a, a premiership victory despite being very competitive since the move. That was the, that was the last remaining piece of the puzzle. So I went down onto the ground, and the plan was that I'd, I'd try and grab either Jimmy Munro or Mitch White before our commercial break, before we started handing out the medals. And when I grabbed number 47 and he was in tears... Uh, it pushed some buttons in me that I didn't think were going to get pushed, and thankfully I had a little bit of time to compose myself as well. And uh, Moose got his things together, which probably helped me. But they're they're very special moments to be a part of, and I think the longer you're you're either on earth or you're involved in footy, and season after season flies by, and the you know the toll that COVID and 2020 took on all of us and took away things that perhaps in some respects we we take them for granted that those things come back and then you're, you're part of moments like that. Then, yeah, they're things not to, um, not to take for granted and, and also you know, makes me think about people like Dave Biagi, who was a teammate of mine who he won a Gardner Clark medal in 2006. He was a wonderful player and a great servant of the footy club and unfortunately had a, a battle with cancer that took his life you know, barely beyond the age of 30. So even just being, being around to see things like that take place and share it with people that have been along that journey is uh, it's special and it's to be cherished because it's pretty fleeting and, and this sport it just keeps rolling on to the next thing and already you know clubs are thinking about recruiting for next year and having a conversation with Mark Corrigan last night about you know they'll they'll enjoy it for the next few days but very quickly they're into 2023 mode. Well, Nigel, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, thanks for the insight. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you got to experience um, with the boys and all the club officials to experience that win. Um, great work by you yesterday in the presentation. I th- actually, just one thing, I thought um, getting the, the kids up stage to present the medals, I think was a really nice touch to by the VFL. I thought that was great. And um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight on VFL Rewind. Thanks, no, Nigel. Brad Peters, well done on your coverage of the competition. Look forward to it continuing next year. And uh, wonderful to have people like yourself that are so passionate about it too. Thanks, Nigel. Really appreciate it. Yeah, great work on your broadcasting too. Uh, thanks for joining us. Cheers, boys. Nigel Carmody there. What a gentleman. Um, what a man. I'm, I'm happy he um, he got to be the, the person who got to present because there's there no one more fitting than being the man um, who was the MC of the post-match. Um, more more Casey than, than than pretty much every person um, in the yeah. media. So it was absolutely it was a great result. And when I see Nigel stand up, I wasn't sure who was doing the post-match. When I see Nigel 
stood up. I'm like, this is good. This is good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it would have been a bit of a dilemma if it was a Casey Collingwood VFL grand final. <laughs> he played at Collingwood for a year or two. But he's, um, he's a busy man, Nigel. He's, oh, he's doing great work. He's, doing he's some, on the races. Yeah, doing... He's doing um, uh, definitely, I know, one VFL club, Best and Fairest, this oh, week. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He might, he might be doing a few others. So. He's doing a great job. Doing yeah. an absolutely great job with the VFL. And, um, yeah, 2015, I think, was the first year that Channel 7 did it, and he's yep. been doing it ever since. So, well under Niger. Yep. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with our last special guest, a 1987 Premiership player, Dale Tapping. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WB. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. For our loyal listeners, if this is the, the first show you've watched, listened to all year, uh, thank you very much for joining us. And this, as, as we do at 7.45 every Monday night during the VFL season, we have a VFA segment where we get a former grade of the VFA on. And I'm um, speaking to you, Laoshi, um a few weeks ago, um, and we were like, we haven't had many two blues, Paran two blues people on over the journey. And um. I was racking my brains and um, thought of, obviously, Dale Tapping, 1987 Premiership player. Um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. You'll probably ask, I will ask him. Um, I think he might have got the medal or was awarded best on ground in that game as well. So we'll talk to Dale about that as well. And obviously, doing a fantastic job now in the AFL. He was Collingwood VFL coach um, for probably, I reckon, 2015 or 14 yeah, around that time. We'll, we'll up, speak. up in Brisbane as and well Brisbane for a and while. now at Essendon. So. We- We've got to say thank you to Dale because I've tried getting um, two Blues players on. Johnny Marakov, <laughs> Michael Sinney, Sam Pang. None of them have responded. So thank you, Dale. We've got wrapped up a Paran player and he joins us now. Uh, Dale Tapping. Dale, welcome to VFL Rewind and uh, thanks for joining us. G'day, boys. How are you? G'day, well. Dale. she's speaking. Thank you for coming on. Finally, we've got a two Blues player that wants to come on. We've been trying, trying for years and... You've, you've said yes, so you've made our night. Um, how how do you see the competition these days compared to your old days at Turek Park? Um, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I look obviously it's a you know, twenty team comp or yeah, I think it's twenty teams now. Um, look, I'm obviously still really pleased the competition still goes, but it's um, yeah, it's sort of probably lost a little bit of its sort of um, integrity I reckon over the last few years like you know just sort of back in the day it was you know just you know Ports and Williamstowns and you know Werribee's Preston's you know Coburg and they're still doing a great job to to you know stand alone and sort of fight the fight and I think they they better above their weight but it's really hard for them to compete you know typically against the AFL teams and even like the Southports this year are just resource to the hills um, yeah, the competition certainly changed, but I'm still glad it's, it still exists. I was having a chat with one of the coaches the other week about it. And, you know, you look at the Waffle and the um, Sample, and they're still very tribal, you know, with their teams. Um, look, I actually had a bit of a look today just um, of the Sample last 10 minutes because it was a cracking game. Lot Norwood got up on one by point in the last few minutes. I don't know. last 10... 10 seconds, but um, yeah, those teams have been very tribal and still maintain that, so I think the VFL sort of lost a little bit of that, unfortunately. Uh, Dale, take us back to 1987, 35 years ago this year. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, been a while, but Paran uh, 98 were defeated by uh, Waverley 98 were defeated by Paran 117, and you were voted the ANA Best Player Award. Tell us a little bit about that day. Uh, it must be uh, 
pretty special now looking back on it. Um, so yeah, to have been voted best on ground and win a premiership in the same day. Yeah, it was. It was um, yeah, still remembered fondly. Um, actually, our captain coach, Greg Hutchison, actually yesterday coached Old Brighton in the A-grade grand final. So we're, all the Paran boys have still got a WhatsApp going, which um, when we catch up, you know, we have a big reunion every Christmas and you know, there's a few of us that still uh, you know, catch up a little bit more regularly. But, um, yeah, we're still um, still pretty tight, which is, uh, yeah, which is, which is great. But, yeah, that day... I uh, remember, yeah, it was, it was really warm, you know, September day, Junction Oval. I think that was about 26,000 in, I think, in the end. Um, yeah, great day. Obviously high scoring. It was back then, the 16 aside. So, you know, you could kick 16, 18 goals in the game and still lose, which is you know, probably unheard of these days. <laughs> um, so it was just, you know, it was really open, sort of open footy or at attack, not so much defence. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was a great day. We sort of held, yeah, we sort of held sway most of the day, but there was only that sort of three goal buffer. But yeah, they sort of Waverley sort of couldn't get, yeah, within that range, um, yeah, for most of the day. Well, I remember we started really well. They had a really good patch in the second quarter. So I think they got within about ten points, and we we sort of steadied a bit before half time, and then after half time we, yeah, we sort of just yeah, we're always probably yeah in control, but yeah, just. Um, just sort of kept Waverley uh, at bay, but it was a yeah, it was a great game of footy, and yeah, Ray Shaw was captain coach of Waverley at the time, and yeah, um, he was he was pretty uh, pretty feisty, Ray, still back then. <laughs> so uh, he was um, he wasn't sort of you know backward and coming forward, and sort of verbally he was sort of uh, up, up there with the best. Um, yeah, it was a great um, <laughs> great time, great uh, and year before we probably. Yeah, we, we got rolled in the three and yeah, which is uh, yeah, but I think that sort of fueled it to the next year. And you know, in '87 we had to win the we had to win the three finals. We had to come from fourth, or well, yeah, we had to win the first semi into the prelim against Werribee, and then through to um, the granny. So um, yeah, we sort of earned the right um, to get there. So yeah, it was a great result. And um, yeah, looking back and sort of it's interesting now, my kids. Particularly my son, who's sort of 13, 14, and right into the footy, and he often asks sort of where I played most in the footy, which was you know, 10 years, 100 games at Paran back in the time, and, and uh, yeah, I think now they're, they're affiliated with Paran Assumption in D2 and Hamo, so he, uh, he he thinks I played at D2 and Hamo. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, well, you should have told me you're also involved with um, Xav Scotch and. Um, Old Brighton along the on, along the line. If he if he thinks you were a Vaffa player, <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, those were uh, obviously you know, sort of <laughs> coaching things. You know, obviously sort of went on this um, playing at Old Zads and I was sort of twenty about twenty nine, I think, but just just a few injuries and um, yeah, I just finished on finished with a couple of. Uh, a grade premierships with old Zabs, which was nice, and I thought that was a good way to uh, to sort of finish up, and then sort of went into the into the coaching stakes, and um, yeah, and which has been now it's, uh, you know full time profession, so which is which is been good. It's quite ironic, um, old Zavs. They play at your old ground, Turak Park, and yes, as yes. we know, um, or it's been publicised, I think, in the last couple of weeks. The majority of Turek Park's getting bulldozed, and there's going to be a new grandstand, a new facility there. Um, you know, it's sort of sad to see because Turek Park used to be one of those, you know, boutique um, football grounds in, you know, so nicely situated, sort of in the um, inner suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah, well, it's um, it's pretty rare that you you get to play your whole senior career on the one ground, really. Um, so I was sort of pretty much from old dad's at off of Pran, you know, sort of I think I was I think I was eighteen when I got there and you know, right through to I was sort of you know, to about twenty seven and had a couple of years at old dad's. So, um because yeah, they went from Zabs went from Swan Street back then, they'll find down at Swan Street, now where the tennis centre is. And then they moved to uh Turak Park. So, Jeez, um, yeah, what a move. Is, yeah, so it was 
Yeah, it was pretty good. But, um, yeah, I'm all fully aware because obviously I'm still yeah, full Taylor and um, Timmy Hagel and all those boys who were pretty much squeeze played in the 78 and 87 flags. And well, Timmy Hagel's been a great administrator, like, and, and Paul Taylor now is the current president of Paran Assumption. So, um, yeah, we're still all pretty well connected with that group. Yeah, we, we sort of did a, you know, we always get sort of updates and, you know, sort of how, they, how they're going. Yeah, they're, they're doing their best in that division. It's just really hard to recruit, um, you know, the real top end players. They all want to go to, to A grade and, and the A graders and obviously, you know, got the capacity to, to create some employment opportunities for them. So that's a bit of a big difference. Uh, Dale, I wanted to talk about uh, 1991, uh, the great Brian Taylor arrived. Uh, must have been a pretty yeah. exciting time for the two Blues. Could you look back? I mean, you know, there, was, there was obviously yourself who's involved in the AFL now. David Noble was there. Obviously, Sammy Pang, who's doing his jokes, and yeah. you know, he's famous now than when he was back then, and obviously BT commentating. It must be ironic now you look you know, around the footy um, circle and you know, all, them, all them blokes that yeah, you played footy with and were involved with, they're all, they've all kicked on. It's uh, great to see. Yeah, um, yeah, certainly. Look, yeah, BT come '91 uh, after obviously the Collingwood um, premiership. I think he finished up in the Pies that year. He got left out of the final. So, yeah, we got. Um, look, BT was actually, um, you know, could have been. Yeah, you know, I think if he had a stuck at it, could have been a, like quite a quite a really good coach. Like he, he was. Um, yeah, you know, really, he could articulate the game really well and you know, presented himself well with. Yeah, I think when we got him, we sort of got a bit of volatile Brian. <laughs> so um, he um, was still obviously a little bit uh, annoyed about being left out of the 1990. So uh, he come across and you know he sort of he, he ripped into his op- opposition and and certainly ripped into us on the training track. So we got knocked around a bit on the track. He thought we were a little bit soft and he used to train us bloody hard. And, and I was uh, I was sort of vice captain his first year when he come across and. Um, yeah, he's, I still see him now with his you know, duties at Channel 7, so I bump him from time to time, which we've got any uh, Friday night games and things like that. So, yeah, he's um, oh, and he's done really well. And Sam Pang had a lot of um, had a lot of talent. He could never, we could never get Pangy on the park. He always was either a quarter or a calf, or <laughs> yeah, you know, probably probably right with some jokes. But um, I think it's turned out well for Sam. So. I think you made, the right, creep. You made the right creep, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think um, the other one too, um, Derek Hine, who's a good mate of mine, he's, um, he's done a great job with the Pies, you know, heading up their recruiting and this management. So, yeah, there's a lot of boys that have, um, you know, you know it's obviously done, done quite well. So, yeah, it's been, been good. Yeah, Dale, we've got a couple of minutes left. Um, back in 94, um, when... The VFA and the VFL were starting to talk about merging the reserves and the VFA competition. We saw the Oak, Oakley Football Club, the Pram Football Club, and the Dandenong Football Club all disappear at the end of 1994. We see yep. the under-18 sides that came out of that, the Oakley Chargers, the um, Dandenong Stingrays, and for a while there... Paran was called the Paran Dragons. It went from Centrals to Paran Dragons, and somehow the Paran history got lost to where the other clubs still retained Oakley and Dandong. Are you a little bit disappointed yeah. about that? Yeah, well, it's ironic. I, um, I actually coached Sandy Dragons um, 09 to 211, then obviously went to Collingwood in 212. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, look, you are, because like, Paran's a real proud club. And, yeah, there was a lot of rich history even before I got there. I got there 80... When I got there, I got there in about '84. I think I'd come across and calling an under-19 mid-season. Mm. But there, there was really, um, some really um, damn good players. Uh, the competition was really rich. Mm. Um, yeah, really powerful. And, and for them to sort of, you know, ten years later, I'd finished up in sort of '90. I can't remember. What about '93? So yeah, my, the last year I actually, like the club was on my knees a little bit. And, you know, they were sort of financially battling away and um, Jimmy Dernan took over as coach and, and I was sort of playing at Dad's at the time but sort of helping him out a bit on the weekends and doing a bit of running for him because he was a mate of mine. And, but they just, you know, you know, financially struggling and, you know, it was, um, it was just 
unfortunately died of a bit of a slow death. But I think they sort of got into a little bit of financial trouble. Sort of, you know, went over the top a little bit with payments and really couldn't quite meet the demands. And yeah, unfortunately, it sort of, sort of just fell, um, fell short. But um, yeah, which is sad because yeah, you know, like now you look back and as I said before, yeah, you know, my young fella, um, yeah, he, he doesn't see the Paran and, and the competition, you know, as it was back then. It was such a fantastic comp and um, really unique. And, you know, you had your, you know, your VFL on the Saturday and and then, you know, often, you know, all the, you know, all the VFL supporters had an affiliate team like if you're back for Collingwood, you're back for Preston. You know, if you're back for Melbourne, you're back for Paran. It was a bit, it was a little bit like that. And, um, yeah, pretty, you know, as I said before, it was, you know, pretty sad sort of how, how it all ended well Dale really appreciate you joining us tonight thank you very much for yeah telling us a bit about the, the great two blues history uh, good luck in the AFL circles um, yeah, yeah as we thank know you. You, when you're at Collingwood uh, doing a fantastic job as senior coach and uh, thanks for joining us thanks Dale pleasure boys no worries Anytime. thanks Dale thank you Dale tapping there from Pran Two Blues and now at Essendon Football Club uh, last year to wrap uh, this is the last show of the year thank you first up thank you very much for all our loyal listeners we appreciate you supporting us all year yeah last year um same same sentiments. Thank you to um, all all the people that listen to us, all our sponsors, and um, people who occasionally listen to us. So have a happy and safe Christmas and New Year break. And just one more thing. Thank you very much, Lashi, for joining me every week. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure as well. Likewise, mate. We'll, we're coming back for what year number five or six next correct, year. Correct. Yeah, correct. So Brad and Lashi, we'll see you all again next week. Uh, next year, you've been listening to VFR Rewind.